This is Sportsnet 650, and you're entering the chat room at Tyrant Studios downtown. The chat room is presented by West Coast Dream Machines. Now open on Clyde Avenue in West Vancouver. West Coast Dream Machines, offering pre-owned luxury, muscle, classic, and rare and exotic vehicles with in-house leasing available. They carry the finest lines like Ferrari, Lamborghini, and McLaren. Check out their extensive collection at wcdreammachines.com. Now, let's get to the chat room. Here are your hosts, Joe Leary, Danny Filipponi, and Aaron Chapman. It is indeed the chat room at Tyron Studios upstairs at the Penthouse on Sportsnet 650 AM, also 96.9 FM HD3. And the chat room is presented by West Coast Dream Machines on Clyde Avenue in West Vancouver. You're going to hear a lot about this company because it is a phenomenal operation. This is pre-owned luxury vehicles, the, the likes of which, have you checked out the website, Danny? I, yes, Aaron, Dreams, you, yes. Yeah, WCDreamMachines.com. Fantastic. Uh, these are like Ferraris and, and, and Lamborghinis and just amazing cars. And uh, as they say, their slogan is, our cars are faster. Thank you to uh, West Coast Dream Machines. Uh, Aaron Chapman along with Danny Filipponi. My name is Joe Leary, and we are – this is show number two. Yes. And I presume that you all enjoyed show number one with the Moj. Yeah, it was a good one. Yeah, we're up here in uh, Tyrant Studios all snuggled up here with a bunch of people. It's yeah. going to be a, a great show. And, and we're so grateful that Sportsnet allows us to do this, and we do want to have – a sports element to the show and when we first talked about doing this show gentlemen you will recall we thought okay who would be the first guest we couldn't get him for the first show but we said he's a busy we, man we all went <laughs> dr sport dr. Greg sport. douglas yeah. greg douglas thank you so greg. much great yeah, to see you sir yeah. what a pleasure man, a legend. Yeah. welcome that was moja's fault <laughs> <laughs> he said if you go on first you bugger then I, I he wanted to be the first so he was and he did a great job he did a great job it's absolutely great. and uh <laughs> we all have a connection to dr sport uh first of all you danny you and Aaron, you do conducted tours of the history of this iconic penthouse, yep. and Greg Douglas has been one of your clients. Yeah, he's been one. Well, no, he's been a guest, and he's uh, he's joined the tour as well, give, telling some stories of his own, which are amazing. So yeah, that's we, why I'm honored to have him here. We, yeah. we have one particular story, oh, yeah. which I'm sure we'll yeah. get into later, that Dr. Sport, uh, when he tells the story to the uh, He's a tour, people, people's jaw literally drop. <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's a great story. Well, I've had the great pleasure to work with Greg on two occasions, two radio stations. That's right. CKLG back in the day, CHRX back in the day. I've always known you as Dr. Sport, but I don't think I've ever asked you, what is the origin of Dr. Sport? It's weird, I'll tell you. <laughs> we were uh, down in Hawaii on a holiday, golf golf trip with uh, Steve Verlek and uh, Bruce Legree, both who have passed and left us. Anyway, they were coming to pick me up one day, and uh, on the radio, this young man was uh, doing a sports cast, and he was giving scores, and he was saying uh, things like, uh, Detroit Tigers beat the Yankees. How do I know? Because I'm Dr. Sport. <laughs> and then, you know, and then, then he'd, he'd go... Uh, San Francisco beat the Dodgers. How do I know? Because I'm Dr. Sport. So, of course, Furlack and Legree are listening to this, and uh, I get in the car to go to the golf course with them, and I'm instantly Dr. Sport because I was working at uh, CKWX at right. the time. And, of course, uh, Red Robbins got hold of it later when we got back into town, and it's been Dr. Sport since. And... Uh, a lot of the medical profession guys that I know have said, where did you get your doctorate? You know, and I'm awesome. saying, well, I, I didn't. I just got tagged with the nickname. They don't mind, but they wanted to make sure. It's an honorary doctor. As long as I've known you, uh, Greg, uh, 
uh, Dr. Sport. Yeah. I mean, it's just be, it's a classic nickname, well, right? Well, I'll never shake it because it's there. And, uh, you know, I wrote that column in the Vancouver Sun for 19 years, and yeah. it was Dr. Dr. Sport. Sport. Yeah. My wife even calls me doctor sometimes. <laughs> well, I was going to say, because we, we have emailed each other, and sometimes you'll sign off as doctor. Yeah, okay. I know. I know. Yeah. I, I'm not. So what happens if you're in, a, in an emergency situation and someone goes, is there a doctor in the house? Are people pointing oh, towards God. you? Oh, God. You know that's happened, actually? Oh, wow. Really? Oh, honest to God, it was over a dog dying. <laughs> and I was in an emergent. I was in a waiting room, and this dog was barfing and whatever I was doing, and the lady says, is there a doctor in the house? And somebody said, right over there. <laughs> it's me. That's great. You know? So I remember an occasion, because I go back 50 years with Craig Douglas, and That's I remember an occasion where, because you were the original public relations director of the Vancouver Canucks I when was. they entered the NHL in 1970. And I remember talking to you about what was the money like back in those days for the players. And you actually showed me your pay stub as the public relations director, and I remember commenting, Geez, that's not really very much money. And you said there wasn't money back then. No, not in the 70s. Even by the 70s no, standards, yeah. absolutely. I was working at the Vancouver Sun Sports Department covering baseball in the summer and, and the WHL Canucks in the winter. And, um, you know, the city was crying out for an NHL franchise. And uh, Coley Hall, you guys remember Coley, he, he owned the Western League Canucks. And he wasn't that interested in budging and actually putting the money up. Because they wanted $6 million for a franchise. So I'm the cub reporter for the Sun writing about what a, you know, this is a, if we don't move on this thing, there was an opportunity for Buffalo and Vancouver to come in at the same time in 1970-71. And at the time, uh, I was making uh, $9,500 a year at the Vancouver Sun, which was top scale. And I got a call one day from Joe Crozier saying, lad, it's Joe Crozier. I'm going to put you into five figures if you join our hockey club. They wanted me off the beat because I was bugging Coley so much. Right. At one point, Coley invited me outside at the old forum in the P&E grounds. He wanted to kick the shit out of me. <laughs> and he probably could have if you know Coley. Anyway, I went from uh, 9500 to five figures. I got paid ten grand to be the <laughs> PR man of the Canucks. And in those days, as I was telling Joe Bowie back then, the players didn't make much money. I think the general manager was a top-paid person at about 45000 a year. Orland Curtinback was maybe close to him. And other than that, it was just peanuts, you know. But in those days, that was the acceptable thing. Mm. There was no players association and uh, nothing, nothing that uh, protected them. And, I mean, Danny, you probably read up on this because you were so young at the time. But... The top ticket at the Coliseum when they opened in 1970 was like six dollars. Yeah, I mean, six fifty. Yeah, I remember uh, going to Canuck game when I was uh, seven, eight. You know, my yeah. dad would take me to the games, yeah. and uh, back then it, it wasn't a it wasn't a very big deal back no. then to go no. uh, to the Coliseum. But uh, now you go to a Canucks game, well, you got to mortgage your, uh, oh, your first and second house well, me, just to be able to go to the game. Let me tell you something about the 70s, though. Yeah. The, the Canuck team itself wasn't the attraction. It was being able to see the original NHL uh, teams right. like yeah. Montreal, Detroit, six, Chicago, six, Toronto, yeah. you know. And, and people were just in awe of, wow, we're going to see Gordie Howe in person and Jean Bellevue. And, and that's, that was the big seller. Yeah. But after the third year of finishing last in the Western Conference division, the fans started saying, okay, this has been fun. But what about us? When do we start to win? And Shades of the Grizzlies there. Yeah. That's when the competitive thing yeah. kicked in. Well, you, know? you even see it now, even to, to this day. 
the Canucks, even when Toronto comes or Boston, yeah. always the biggest games. But since yeah. the Canucks are doing so well, yeah. they could play anyone right now, and they're and they're back in the place. It's an amazing. Thing. Well, I think because Aaron, your stock and trade is the history of Vancouver. You've chronicled, chronicled it so beautifully. And if you look back on those old days, because I was I, I was just not going to Canuck games until I think maybe seventy three, seventy four. I think the first game was when my dad was the Boston Bruins. My first thought was, why can't I hear Jim Robson yeah. in the building? <laughs> but yeah. if you look at the pictures. It was suits and ties and fedoras back oh, in those yeah. days. Yeah, it's so, so markedly different than the, the people in the audience the, and, and whatnot. It's a totally different time, and it's interesting when you put it in that perspective, Greg, that, that people weren't coming for the Canucks. They were coming for oh, the, just absolutely. to see the original six. Yeah. Play. Yeah. And incidentally, I did catch Joe a couple of times sneaking in, sliding up the side <laughs> pipe outside the... <laughs> but what was the... What was the the vibe in the city. I mean, I was around, but I wasn't in those circles. But how tough was it to get tickets? You're the PR guy. Are you being hit on by every Tom, Dick, and Harry? Hey, Greg, can you hook me up? You know, it didn't start out that way, but then after it caught on, I remember one time when uh, the Detroit Red Wings were making an appearance, We were the tickets were so in demand, we uh, made a deal with the P&E and uh, put them on the big screen in the Agrodome as the overflow. So that's what the demand was. But, wow. again, it was to see, you know, the established stars. And eventually, you know, things took off, and uh, the Vancouver squad started to win a few games. And uh, um, this was uh, probably four or five years into the mission, and it caught on and then uh, went from there. Do, do you ever get a chance, uh, Greg, to actually go to games now? Do you oh, have yeah, you? yeah. I'm a and, member of and your thoughts on, on oh. the... It's incredible. I was at the, uh, I'm, I'm a member of the Canuck alumni. I do a lot of work with the alumni. And yeah. uh, just recently I was at the St. Louis game, and uh, it's exciting. I mean, all the old guys, the old alumni guys are in that room together, yeah. and they bring a guest or guests show up, and uh, uh, the pictures on the wall are just, have you seen that? Thing? I have. I've been yeah. up there, and That's a couple great. of the uh, veterans are up there. It's a really yeah. cool atmosphere for sure. Well, they had some characters. You know, there were many, many characters, and... Uh, uh, a lot of them have left us now, but a lot of them haven't. And uh, you still see the guys around like Tracy Pratt and Darcy Rhoda and uh, Greg Bodies up in that loft a lot, Garth Rizzuto. Uh, so, you know, the um, the excitement now is just, well, I don't have to tell you guys. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing. I, was at, I recall being in a game, uh, this is just a couple of years ago, and they said over the announcement, folks, during the first period break, Richard Brodeur mm-hmm. will be by gate 115. Come by and say hi. And I thought, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Richard Brodeur, my yeah. God, I, when yeah. I was a kid, yeah. I yeah. wanted to be Richard Brodeur. It's, that was, the, I just thought he was the greatest thing. You know, that 82 cup run was unbelievable yeah. when you were, especially when you were a young guy. I thought, I bet there'll be nobody there. None of these people remember, you know, maybe everybody, the fans today are more concerned about. And I thought, I'm going to go see. I go down. I think I was going to be maybe about 20 people in the lineup. I walk up. There's about 200 people, and they're all guys oh, my yeah. age. Yeah, yeah. You know, I like, so that. everybody yeah. came on math. Yeah. yeah. They yeah. still have that magic about them. Like yeah. Kirk McLean now is yeah. an ambassador and uh, does a wonderful job. And uh, the people don't forget. You know? Yeah, and, that's uh, it. If they didn't see them, they heard about them. Yeah. Our guest is Greg Douglas. You are in the chat room at Tyrant Studios above the penthouse in downtown Vancouver, presented by West Coast Dream Machines, wcdreammachines.com, pre-owned exotic luxury vehicles, and our official uh, beverages of the uh, chat room, Terramana Tequila and Wild Eye Brewing. Now, I want to ask you a question because, again, as I say, you and I have had conversations before. I haven't talked to you lately. Do you still have that black book that has all the bands around it, or have you gone digital? 
Was this a roller? Uh, this, roller was, this was his roller list of contacts. Yeah. This guy's contacts are unbelievable. Right, I'm surprised you remember that. I do book. remember in that. Fact, is it? It's in the top drawer of my desk. Okay, I should have brought it. And over I remember because you've shared some some great stories over the years. And I remember a quote you told me, and I hope I'm not telling tales out of school. Uh-oh. I said, "Have you ever thought of writing a book?" And you went, "Joe, some people have to pass away before I can do that." <laughs> yeah. Are you still in that same mindset? It's funny you'd ask because Aaron and I were talking about that <laughs> earlier. Yeah. I'm about 27 chapters in. Right. And I'm reading back some of these stories and thinking, oh, my God, can I really tell that one? Can I really tell this one? But, hey, they're true stories. Yeah. And yeah. I don't profess to be an angel myself. Yeah, I mean, right. I, was, I was involved in a lot of the shenanigans going on. My all-time favorite, of course, and I'm not saying this because Danny and Aaron are sitting here, but uh, uh, it was in uh, 1973, I believe. 73, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. The Canucks are playing an afternoon game on national television, an early start. New York Islanders are in town, and um, everything's going great. The building's sold out. Uh, the president of the league is sitting back in his home in Montreal in his den. He's got the TV on. Ted Reynolds is uh, doing the in-between periods with Babe Pratt. Right. And I'll be damned. I'm the PR guy, and uh, I'm sitting there halfway through the first period. I think the Canucks were up one nothing, and all of a sudden, out of the chute beside the uh, visitor's bench come three penthouse ladies with nothing on but runners streaking yeah yeah streakers and the plan i mean i'm told that i've denied i was involved in that but i'm going to tell you the truth on record the deal deal it kind of comes out yeah yeah, the deal was during a stoppage of play so they're not on national television uh the girls will run out by the visiting team run down the ice surface to the Canuck uh, bench, and then run off. That's it, right? Well, I'll be damned. One of the, well, it was, what was the girl? Joanne Zabo is her name. She's and, still here. And, and yeah, she's and still alive and well. She actually comes on our, our, our penthouse tours, and she tells the story how she disobeyed the yeah. rules. Yes. And she decided, well, what, what, what the heck do I want to jump on an intermission? I want to be on TV. And I believe this was a Hockey Night in Canada broadcast, was it not? Or a Absolutely. CBC broadcast. Absolutely. The, yeah. Hockey Night in Canada. Yeah. Or, yeah the afternoon. CBC. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's right. Joanne said, why, why would we bother going out and uh, not get on national but, but TV? But there's a photo, Greg, the famous photo. Oh, yes. I know. Yeah, you tell <laughs> which, which, hang, which tell hangs well, on the walls downstairs. Well, the downstairs. photo hangs down. Well, you were there, Danny. What, I, you I was, you I was, chime in. Yeah, I, yeah. Was te- I was 10 years old at the time. I got taken out to the game by my uncle, and oh. I was with three lovely ladies. Don't forget, I'm 10 years old. They're yeah. all wearing mink jackets, mink coats, <laughs> but I don't care. Go Canucks. And sure enough, you're right. Yeah. They left me in my seat by myself, <laughs> and they went down, and they dropped their went across the ice and there I was Not sitting a there stitch on. oh yeah, it was incredible and the photo appeared about 20 some odd years ago Later. when Aaron was writing uh, the penthouse book yeah. liquor lust of the law we actually were able to put this photo in, 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 the, book. in the book now I got to turn back to you Greg because I want to ask in the wake of that uh, uh, that happening what flack did the Canucks get from the NHL brass? Oh, my God. I'm going to finish this quickly, Joe. Yeah. I see you're bouncing around here. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> no, what happened was Clarence Campbell sitting at home in Montreal, and the Islanders have taken the lead in the first period. And uh, Ted Reynolds says to Babe Pratt during the intermission, gee, that was a surprise turnaround by the Islanders, Babe. What would you say was the highlight sure. of the period? And he said, oh, without a doubt, he said, the streakers <laughs> play it again. They played it twice. Oh, my God. So yeah. they play it again. Wow. Well, not only did Clarence Campbell see it the first time, he now he sees it again. He yeah. went out of his mind. Yeah. He got on the phone 
And he said, stop this madness now. I never want to see that thing again. And I don't know where you found the picture for your that's book. Part of the, that's it's, part of the Pento that's, secret. That's, that's, well, that that's secret true. may have to last yeah. for a little but, while longer. But the know. NHL decreed that picture is not to appear anywhere. They told the CBC. They told the hockey club. Yeah. And now it's on the wall at the Pento. <laughs> we are speaking with the legendary Dr. Sport, Greg Douglas. Uh, Greg, there is so much more to talk about. The good, bad, and the ugly. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be back more with the chat room from Tyrant Studios above the penthouse in downtown Vancouver. Yes, sir. West Coast Dream Machines, a carefully curated collection of luxury, muscle, classic, rare and exotic cars built from three decades of sourcing expertise. A different kind of supercar showroom. 1519 Clyde Avenue, West Vancouver. Look, salivate, order, lease, purchase, finance. Get behind the wheel of your dream Ferrari, Lamborghini, Maserati, Rolls, Mercedes, McLaren, Aston Martin Machine. West Coast Dream Machines. WCDreamMachines.com. 778-606-FAST. Our cars are fast. This is Sportsnet 650, and you're entering the chat room at Tyrant Studios downtown. The chat room is presented by West Coast Dream Machines. Now open on Clyde Avenue in West Vancouver. West Coast Dream Machines, offering pre-owned luxury, muscle, classic, and rare and exotic vehicles with in-house leasing available. They carry the finest lines like Ferrari, Lamborghini, and McLaren. Check out their extensive collection at wcdreammachines.com. Now, let's get to the chat room. Here are your hosts, Joe Leary, Danny Filipponi, and Aaron Chapman. And we are back in the chat room at Tyrant Studios above the penthouse in downtown Vancouver, broadcasting on Sportsnet 650 AM, 96.9 FM, HD3, and the show available on Spotify. You can download the podcast. This is show number two. We, of course, are proudly sponsored by West Coast Dream Machines. Uh, our, co- our cars go faster. That's their slogan. This is high-end stuff. Check it out, WC. DreamMachines.com, and maybe maybe we'll do a show in one of their Dream Machines. What do you think, guys? Hey, that sounds that, good. That'd be kind of cool to check that out. Our guest is Dr. Sport, Greg Douglas, who's been a, uh, a figure in this town for a number of years. I know you're originally a Sioux guy, Sioux St. Marie. Uh, former reporter. You know, you go back to the days when the Vancouver Mounties were on CKWX. Right. I know one of your dearest friends is the legendary Jim Robson. Um, and I don't think there's a person out there that ever says anything negative about Jim. If I ever hear someone go, Jim, can't stand him. There's something wrong no, with you, right? Never, never, yeah, never yeah. happened. I, I met him uh, in 1966 when I got the beat, the baseball beat at the Sun. And uh, Erwin Swangard actually brought me out here from Toronto. I was trying to get on the Toronto Star, and I couldn't. I couldn't. Somebody had to die to <laughs> inherit a, a position. But anyway, I come out here and. Uh, First guy that I met was a crew cut little fun person named Jim Robson. He was doing the play by play. Mickey Vernon was the manager of the Mounties in those days. And uh, I, I wrote baseball for the Sun for a couple of years, and I just enjoyed it so much because, uh, you know, you got to get to go to spring training, and uh, Mickey Vernon was such a gentleman. And then uh, the kid that was supposed to be the new hockey writer went on a road trip to Portland, and we never heard from him for two weeks. <laughs> so Swanee fired him, Swangard, and called me in, and he said, do you think you could do baseball in the summer and hockey in the winter? And I said, absolutely. I was dying to do the hockey. So uh, I took over the beat in the Western League, and they won the championship in 67-68, and are uh, the team members of the BC Sports Hall of Fame from that era. A lot of people don't know that. 
and then of course into the NHL and uh, when I got fired along with Phil Maloney and uh, uh, by who the heck, oh yeah Bill Hughes was the, the, the hit man on that one uh, things weren't going well with, with Phil, with the team was struggling and uh, they, they, uh, they gassed him and I went with him because by that time I was the assistant to the general manager the two is important, it wasn't assistant GM, but two the and uh, that's when they cleaned house and the Griffiths took over, and uh, the rest is history. So that's how I got into the media. So well, I, I, I want to ask you, because when a coach gets fired, there's a lot of recycling. That, that coach will likely show up in another team. Uh, when you're the public relations person, when you get gassed, yeah. uh, are the, is the phone ringing, or were you calling other teams to say, hey, if you need somebody, I'm here? No, because I wanted to stay in Vancouver, and uh, there were a couple of teams that sort of made an, uh, an uh, an approach, but nothing, nothing that was going to happen. So that's when I branched out on my own and got into the sports promotions business, and you know, brought in the Globetrotters. And uh, so you think you're tough? You remember those? Things? Oh, oh wow! I didn't know you were involved in those. Oh, yeah, yeah, we. Yeah, we I, uh, I think we I had, was that one of the first ones at the Agrodome. Yes, or, yeah. Well, the those former, are, was it one of those. Those are my shows. Those uh, things make oh, the UFC <laughs> UFC look like a picnic. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I sat remarkable. up there. I went that's there. right. I think I went with my. Uh, my cousin, so you think, do you ever see one of those? I've there? seen oh, photos. Yeah. I've only oh, seen no, photos no. of you, them. Oh, yeah. you, you would sit there, and all these tough guys all around Vancouver, yeah. the toughest of the tough, would yeah. get up there, and they'd, what, they would be knocked out in 10 seconds yeah. by yeah. this uh, other guy who knew martial arts or something, yeah. right? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it got pretty scary in there a couple it times. Sure, they were wild. It yeah. sure yeah. did, yeah. yeah. They were the, wild. Uh, the, um, the promoters were, uh, they were shady to some degree you know but uh it worked out all right it had they had several shows and then that led into bringing in the real fights for uh closed circuit television sure. the roberto duran sugar ray leonard i brought those in and so anyway now i got this office going across the street from the coliseum and that led to staying in the media and that's that's how i met Joe on the go. Now, you, you have encountered a lot of people along the way, and you obviously have, you know, stories to tell, relationships that you've built. I know you've got your favorites, so obviously Greg or Jim Robson is, is one of them. Who are some of the other notables that really impressed you along the way? And conversely, are you willing to dish, are you willing to spill, <laughs> and say who are some of your less than favorites? Sure. Some of my favorites, uh, I got a list here. You know, I didn't know where to stop the list. Like Pat Quinn, everybody's favorite. The big Irishman, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I first met him, of course, when he was a lumbering defenseman. And uh, we number brought three, him Number three in your program, as Don three, Taylor would say. Number three, yes, yeah. yes. And uh, Denny Boyd and uh, Jim Taylor. Denny were, Boyd, what was, I, oh, man. amazing writer. I mean, yeah, uh, well, I, I look at his whole columns all the time yeah. when I'm researching stuff. And, uh, I, I think Denny had his own table downstairs at one point. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. He was a good he, friend of, uh, of yeah, my father. Yeah, I know yeah. that. I know yeah. that. He, like, he became the saloon writer, they called him, yeah. absolutely. after Jack Wasserman. You got him. Uh, then he was a brilliant sports reporter, just unbelievable. Yeah. And the way with, with words was incredible. And uh, then uh, when he got into the late night column thing, um, uh, I used to get calls from him uh, at 2 in the morning. We'd still be at the, at the newspaper because you couldn't go until everybody was dismissed and the headlines were in and everything was done. 
Now, those were the good days, you, my, know? you know. You know, my dad would tell me these stories. I mean, he used to always say, Dan, you, you couldn't imagine how it was back in the in the 50s. And I said, well, tell me. Yeah. So, he, you know, imagine being in the, in the bar and things are buzzing going on. And a sports call, like Denny Boyd would come in. This is where he... He did his writing. Yeah. This is where he got all his Incredible. information. Incredible. You know, from people, from buzzing, the sure. players would come in, coaches would come in, and this is where they would stay up late at night, writing their articles. And yeah. There you oh, go. yeah. It was an all-nighter. I mean, it, uh, uh, a lot of us uh, would um, escape the, the desk at about 1 in the morning and wind up right here. Yeah. You know? <laughs> can, can I ask you, was, was there an honor code, like, back in those days? Because right now, if you go through the proper public relations department, of the local sports franchises, good luck getting to a player. There's, there's a series of layers. Back in your day, in the early days, I should say, I'm sure if someone said, hey, I want, can I get a Gary Doak comment, you'd say, here, here's Gary's phone number. You talk to Gary. Well, it, was there an honor code? Like if the players were involved in, say they were caught in the penthouse or something sure. like that, was that being written up or was there kind of this hands-off, that just they're on their private time, just leave them alone? I think there was a closeness between the, the media and the players that doesn't exist now. Mm. I mean, I, I can remember uh, in the Coliseum days, the uh, guy, well, guys like Bobby Hull, they, they'd come in with Chicago. The bus would come in to pick them up after the game, and the bus would be sitting there and sitting there, and finally you'd hear the players yelling out the window, come on, you can't stand it. They can't sign autographs all night. But they would do that. They were, you, they were approachable. With the media, the same thing. There were no such thing as a scrum after after you you went in after who you wanted to talk to. If uh, uh, if I wanted to go and talk to say a Pavel Burry, but even before those in the earlier days, you go and talk to him. You can't do that now. And and, and we've talked about this before, Joe. You know, being in the, in the nightclub industry, it's everything's so out in the open now with cell yeah. phones. Oh yeah. And in the moment, yeah. a celebrity, a star, a sport, the phones come out. You know, and um, it, they they can't go to some places. Yeah. And especially downtown. I mean, the, well, even I'll, the Canucks I'll, used to go I'll, to. I'll the give you an example the of, the, of the of the penthouse involvement here. Um, I used to gather up guys like Al Davidson and sometimes Jim Robson, but he was too clean, you know. Like Bernie Pascoe would come <laughs> along with us. Yeah. So one night we're Drinking here. milk at the bar or something. Yeah. <laughs> one night we're here, and uh, who but behind us at the next table is Andre the Giant. Oh, yeah. And seven feet plus, right? He's a very good friend of, of uh, Uncle Joe's. Oh, yeah. boy. Yeah. Well, anyway... It was Al Davidson. You got me opening up now oh. all these secrets that I'm telling you. Here we go. Please, please, yeah. Here we go. This is chapter please. 28. Hey, oh, yeah. Chap- <laughs> Chapman's writing the book as we yeah. talk, right? So yeah. who but Tiger Al, Al Davidson, takes one of your famous meatballs, because you used to yeah. comp the press all the time, the media guys, and he puts a meatball on his fork and he flips it. And it hits Andre the Giant oh in the boy. back of the head. Okay. You guys know this story, right? I don't know if I've I, ever I, heard oh, this. Oh, man. <laughs> he hits him in the back of the head, and I'll never forget this. Andre the Giant got up and up and up and up, <laughs> and he's coming over to our table. Oh, boy. And uh, Davidson said, it wasn't me. It was, it was Jim Robson. He's in the, he's in the men's washroom. <laughs> He's left. <laughs> and funny. Robson wasn't even there that night. <laughs> so good. So uh, things settled down, and uh, probably your uncle or somebody come over and settled it all down and politely said to us, get the hell out of here. <laughs> Closing so away, time. Away we That's went. Right. But uh, I thought that I was going to die that night. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So who's on uh, who's on Dr. Sport's naughty list? Who, who's who been difficult oh, to go. deal with over the years? Well, you know, one of the, one of the biggest disappointments to me was uh, Pete Rose. Uh, Wow. I met him when... Should he be uh, in the Hall of Fame? No. Okay. No, I don't think so. Okay. But 
But uh, I was working with Canadian national sportsman shows at the time, and they brought him in as a guest in, I think it was January or whatever. And um, I, I should have known when he got off the airplane in a fur-length coat, and he looked around and he said, how, how close is Alaska? He didn't want to be there, despite the $8,000 fee he was getting. And he tore the, the, the uh, fur coat uh, on, the, on the limo handle, pissed off about that. And uh, I remember, I'm the PR guy again, so I, I get the coat fixed for him and I deliver it to him at the Bayshore. And um, I talked to Jack Webster, who had by that time was into radio. He's doing a show on NW. Right. And I said, uh, I'll tell you Jack, another Jack Webster story in a quick second, but I said, could you get Pete Rose, if I get him down to the studio, would you, would you designate some time? And he said, oh, geez, I'll make some adjustments. Yeah. So now I go to Pete Rose, he's not going to go to, he's, he says, no, whoever Jack Webster is, bring him over to the Bayshore and I'll give him a few of my minutes, you know. That's the kind of guy he was. Yeah. He was not uh, not pleasant at all, and he was uh, a nasty. He was nasty with the fans. He was being paid big bucks in those days. I'm talking about the 80s, and he just wanted nothing to do with it. You know, so that was kind of disappointing. Wow. Yeah, it's, um, a, it's amazing when you, you know, when you, you you meet all these different celebrities, and I know uh, Aaron in the past, you know, musicians and stuff. You you, you do have this sort of. Uh, feeling that when you meet some, I really hope they're they're going to be nice because yeah, yeah, I've, I've looked yeah. after them for so long. And most of them are. Yes. Decent people. They yeah. get it. They yeah. understand. You, you run into the, the occasional one. So, like so, t- so tell us about Webster before. Uh, oh, yeah. Jack, um, I, I became tight with him because he was a great hockey fan. And uh, I, um, I had a Mickey of uh, scotch in my drawer when I was the PR man. And he'd just have a, a quick shot on his way into the building every game day. And then <laughs> I'd replenish it throughout the season. <laughs> so that's why I didn't mind phoning him and asking him for the Pete Rose favor, right. which he was willing to do, and Pete Rose screwed it up. You know, that was bad. That was really Greg, bad. it always seems to me, you know, people talk to the way the city's changed over the years. Everybody talks about the 80s and Expo 86 being this market. To me, especially when you think about uh, Vancouver changing, in the, we get a hockey team in the 70s, we get a soccer team in the yeah. 70s. Uh, the 70s is, was a real change in the city then, too. When you think back of those years... How do you think the city... That's a big question. How do you think the city was different? But it seems like the city came you know of age what? in particular in the 70s. I yeah. can answer that, and, this, and Joe would relate to this. It was always, always news, weather, and sports. In the ads, the newspaper ads, the program ads, the radio stations were competitive. Mm. You had NW fighting with WX in the sports circle, and then Larshide came in with Fun, and all of a sudden that popped up. And now, of course, it's news, weather, and traffic. Yeah. There's no sports anymore. And in those days, it was so competitive, uh, Aaron, that it was exciting away from the arenas as much as at the arenas because they, everybody was competing for the listenership. Yeah. And uh, that, that, that changed so much. I mean, yeah. look at it today. It's just ridiculous. The news. Well, well, speaking of today, we would be remiss if we didn't at least offer you because you've seen this hockey team. This NHL version of the Vancouver Canucks. You go back to the Western Hockey League, Vancouver yeah. Canucks. Yeah, yeah. But you've seen the hockey team since 1970. Um, is this what, what's your feeling today? Because there's been a couple of sniffs at the cup in the past. Yeah. How are you feeling right now with where the Canucks are? I I, I feel like most people in the city do right now. It's exciting because uh, Rick Tockett has just changed things so much. I mean, he's taken his philosophies and his discipline. To the players. Uh, oh, to the players, and they bought in. 
And I think when J.T. Miller bought in, the rest of them said, oh, if it's okay with him, it's okay with us. It's going to be a great time for oh. uh, for Vancouverites, the restaurants, the bars. Yeah. I mean, yeah. everyone. It's going to really, it's going to feel, it's, they, yeah. been, it's been a long so, time. So, and let me ask you also, because and I know this is a loaded question, but is the culture now, can we assume that riots ensue after a championship. Is that just the culture of, of the era we live in today? Well, it's that. it's interesting. There's lots of riot history in the con- in, in the history of Vancouver. We've had concert riots. We've had race riots back in 100 years ago. It's interesting that, that all the riots that happen over the course of uh, over the course of history, they they never really happen in winter months. They happen <laughs> yeah. in good weather. <laughs> in, the, in the summer, okay. spring, fair, fair weather you know, riders. Yeah, there's yeah. even a couple ones in October, November, but the outliers are all in, they're all in good weather. So it's it's maybe they're sort of weather permitting, you know, like you a know, lot of the time. And you, know. and you guys know this too that uh, the riots that you may be referring to was in 2011 when uh, mm. when Boston or 20 yep. when, when when Boston won that seventh game. But a lot of those people weren't even hockey fans. No. They were rioting. You know, they weren't uh, at the game. Yeah, yeah my, my, my memory was after they had lost, uh, a police officer came by the front of the penthouse on a horse. Really? Going down Seymour Street. Literally was out of a movie. And he says, lock your doors, close wow. up shop, and send everyone home. I said, done. Wow. And that was my memory of seeing a police officer on a horse going right. down Seymour Street. Yeah. I thought, we were, this is going to be big. Right. That's quite a story yeah. there, Joe. So um, you feel good about this version of the Vancouver oh, by Canucks? by all means. I mean, how can you not? they got the goaltending. Right. they got the scoring. they got the coaching. they got everything going. That's right. great. And, you know, you've seen this parade of coaches go through. And I I don't know. I, I, we all kind of felt for Bruce Boudreau when, when you know, Bruce, there it is, when that, all yeah. sort of stuff. Now it's Bruce who? Bruce who? Yeah. It, you know, I, I, guess it's, I guess it's yeah. what have you done for me lately. I guess yeah. that's what sports is. Sure. That's exactly right. That's yeah. exactly what it is. And I guess you got to give a lot of credit to the uh, Jim Rutherford regime too you know he's bringing in these people that we never heard of before yeah. uh, from Pittsburgh and uh, uh, it's, it's working it's, now it's, now speaking of Jim Rutherford because he was a goaltender for the Pittsburgh Penguins correct uh, or the Maple Leafs or I think cup, he played cup. for I, I think he was uh, in Carolina but, I don't, but, yeah he but, played, was, played in the NHL but he's a he's a a long-time player, you, you probably would have dealt with him as a player. How many players have you dealt with that have gone on to management, and has management changed them, and if it has, has it changed for the better or for the worse? Well, in my day, of course, uh, the, a lot of the uh, managers weren't ex-hockey players, and, and as things progressed, it was the ex-hockey players that were getting the job in management. So that was the big difference. In, in, uh, back in the uh, 70s and early 80s, uh, they were mostly business more related people than they were ex hockey players, you know, mm. and uh, they they didn't change. It was uh, they were it was a good group of people and uh, very competitive. But this uh, this group now today it's uh, you know it's they're bringing in um, uh, so many of new staff members yeah. and. Uh, it's an army. It's an I, I army t- running the hockey club. i got to tell you, one of my all-time favorite quotes, and you as a PR guy, you've been – because part of your job is to put out fires. If a player is involved in something untoward, you need to sort of put the spin on it. You know, and that's the role of a PR person. That would never happen. I remember <laughs> years ago Joe Namath when he was Broadway Joe with the New York Jets, and there's a famous shot of him coming out of some late-night, you know, sketchy club in New York City with a woman on his arm that was clearly, you know, not, you know, a woman – of, of, of a, a lady of who, 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 who provides a receipt, and when, <laughs> and when he was when he was asked about it, 
His answer was, hey, it's 2 a.m. Miss America ain't walking through those doors. <laughs> and I just wondered, because I always think of PR people, because that's your job to put out fires. Did you have to put out many Canuck fires? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I wouldn't know where to start. I, I, we, had a, we had a goaltender one time who uh, was a kleptomaniac. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. This guy, on, uh, he was a goaltender, and uh, it was around Christmas time. I guess kleptomania gets busier at Christmas time. Sure, like yeah, riots. Anyway, yeah. he's going to start for us the uh, on this particular night, and I get a call from him. He's in jail. He's in the new <laughs> Westminster lockup. Oh wow! And uh, he was calling for Joe Crozier. This is in the Western League days, and the phone Joe's phone was ringing and ringing and ringing, and Joe was late getting in that morning. So I go and I pick up the phone, and it's it's him, and he says. Uh, is Joe there? No, he's not here. This is this is Douglas. I don't want to talk to you. I need to talk to Joe. And I said, well, phone back because he's not here. He said, I can only make one phone call. <laughs> I'm in jail. <laughs> he was supposed to start that night. Oh, I love it. <laughs> what happened was he, he was uh, in New Westminster, and uh, he, he stole some corningware. And it was under his uh, <laughs> overcoat. Incredible. And he, and he walks out, out of the store. And the, uh, the lady officer, whatever she is, she, she nabbed him. You can't touch them until they leave the premises. Yes. She goes over and accosts and says, hey, hey, come here. He turns around and slugs her. Oh, holy knocks cow. Knocks her to the ground. Wow. And two big guys that work at the Chevron gas station next door know her. They see her on the ground. They see him standing there. They kick the shit out of him. <laughs> I love it. So now I'm going to finish that story with this. My job as the PR guy is make sure this doesn't leak to the press. Yes. <laughs> so, noon, was it noon? I guess it was noon that day. Now, with the sports, here's Big Al, right? You remember the intro? CKNW, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Here's the, now with the sports. And it's um, Greg Douglas, liar, should be fired. <laughs> he had phoned me and said, was there an incident out here in New Westminster? Somebody had tipped him right. off. And I said, do you have any specific question? He said, no, I'm just wondering if there's an incident you should be telling. So now I'm a liar. So I should be fired. And the goaltender did start that <laughs> night. We bailed him out for 500 bucks because the starter was injured. And the crowd had listened to Davidson. And I'm telling you all night long, it was why don't you go rob a candy store, you know? <laughs> and I think great. we lost about 8-1 that Oh, night, wow. You know? Greg Douglas. Um, you don't want to say who he is. You don't, you Al don't. Miller. Was oh, there we go. <laughs> is he no longer with us? He's no longer the with us. That's a safe story to tell. <laughs> That's one for the book. Uh, yeah. Greg Douglas, um, we could do hours with you. we got to have you we, back sometime. We've yeah. got to have yeah. you back. Yeah. yeah, pleasure. We thank you so much um, because we've only begun to scratch the surface. You are one of my favorite um, the people I respect the most. Because you've always been true to yourself, and you've always been really cool to me. Likewise, and I know that yeah. Aaron and Danny, we felt the same way. And we talked oh, about who, who's Likewise. our guest. The, di- the name Dr. Sport was the first one out of Dr. Our Sport, you're a classic. Yeah. yeah. This is a love boat show. Oh, <laughs> it is indeed. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, All guys. Day. All right, cheers. Yay. Dr. Sport, Thank ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Thank, yes. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Those dreams you've been chasing across the Pebble Beach Concours d'Elegance to Paris, Frankfurt, and London car shows. They've come home to West Coast Dream Machines in West Van. Come see a carefully curated collection of luxury, muscle, classic, rare and exotic dream machines. Ferrari, Lamborghini, Maserati. From late model to 60s. In-house leasing and financing to make your dreams come true faster. The chase is over. West Coast Dream Machines. WCDreamMachines.com. 778-606-FAST. Our cars are faster.
listening to the chat room at Tyrant Studios downtown. And this is Sportsnet 650 AM, 96.9 FM HD3. The chat room is presented by West Coast Dream Machines on Clyde Avenue in West Vancouver. West Coast Dream Machines is Vancouver's supercar dealership, offering pre-owned luxury muscle, classic, and rare and exotic vehicles with in-house leasing available. It's a carefully curated collection of premium rides, exotic cars, luxury vehicles, resto mods, and modified muscle cars all shipped worldwide they carry the finest lines like ferrari maserati lamborghini and mclaren check out their extensive collection at wcdreammachines.com now back to the chat room and again your hosts joe leary danny filipponi and aaron chapman this is indeed the chat room at tyrant studios above the penthouse on seymour street in downtown vancouver broadcasting on sportsnet 650 am 96.9 fm HD3, and brought to you by West Coast Dream Machines on Clyde Avenue in West Vancouver, Vancouver's supercar dealership. I have not been Danny Filipponi and Aaron Chapman back with my Joe Larry. Yes. But uh, you were the first person to tell me about this this concept, and it was just like automatic, like, man, we need to hook up with those guys. Yeah, I know. I mean, it, it, Vancouver doesn't have anything like this, I, I can tell you. When, when they opened, uh, when I went to it, it was like you were walking into something – from the states that's all i can tell you right. these big garage doors come open it's full of neon they got a bar all set up uh like a gift shop and of course i don't know how many cars but they're all uh everywhere like from ferraris and lambos and porsches to every anyway it's it's something that you actually have to go and physically see rob frost is the general manager uh thank you for being involved in the program sir yeah thank you thank, thank uh, you for having me. Where, where did the concept come from uh, you you a, you a hot car fan that uh, I, I am very much so uh sort of all my life i've been interested in cars and this started pre-covid and during covid we had a lot of time to think about it, <laughs> it just, <laughs> as you know it grew and grew and uh what uh, danny explains exactly what is it it's kind of a south beach kind of a Miami, you know, Florida kind of look, and uh, yeah, we're excited to do it. It's it's worked out really well. Really so, well. so the the range of cars. I mean, I just think the word that covers it all is exotic, because you know, there's muscle cars and there's high end. There's yeah, I mean, I think when you say exotic, most people will think like a Lamborghini yeah. or a Ferrari, but we have a lot of classics too. A lot of older classic Ferraris and resto mods, you know. Uh, uh, C1 Corvettes, but all on new chassis, new engines, all modern. So I really, we, we cover the whole sort of spectrum, just cool cars. I so, think. So, so if a, a normal guy all of a sudden decides for some reason, I'm having my crisis, I, I, I want to drive uh, one of these cars. <laughs> we encourage that. So, we encourage <laughs> yeah, so, right, middle-age crisis, so a, yeah. no So problem. a guy walks in, he says, hey, I, I want to get into a car that I normally can't get into. How does it work? Well, we, we, we first off come in, choose your car. Uh, you know, a lot of people have their own resources. They can uh, finance it, pay for it, what, what have you. We do all in-house leasing, all in-house financing. Literally, you can come to our shop, choose any of our cars. Can, 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 you, fi- can you find me a car? I can find you a car. I can finance the cars we have. We can search Globally, I mean, I've, as you know, Danny, I've gone, I bought cars in France and brought them back myself. It's so, incredible. Yeah, we, we can do all of that. But I think you'll find uh, what we have in our showroom. Generally, we have about 40 pieces there, which fills up the showroom. Of course, we have seven stackers, too, so they're double stacked. Typically, but what we kind also of- have another 100 cars that we store off-premises. Off wow. So, 
Yeah. Typically, what kind of inventory? What, what, do you, what kind of cars do you have in inventory right now? Anything's from it. 74 Ferrari Dino to a um, 48 Ferrari to uh, wow. a 32 Ford Hot Rod to a, a 61 Corvette with all new everything. So it's like ha, a, have a you brand been, new car. Uh, I'm sure you've got lots of uh, – have you had a situation where a guy comes in and, and he sees the car of his dreams – and, and he just he just I gotta have it. He's gotta have it. Yeah. Can, are they allowed to take it for a test drive? No. I, I mean, <laughs> of course, right? Yeah. There's twenty four million dollars worth of inventory. But yeah. so there's, secu- there's security surrounding the test Well, drive. you know, yes, you can take it for a test drive, but we're gonna write up a contract. Yeah, sure. Understand the price. Understand how you're paying. Right. Understand when you're paying. Of course. And we would make it subject to a test drive or even a mechanical inspection under the same criteria right. we encourage inspections we we thoroughly go through all of our cars and hopefully when it is inspected there's nothing and anything needs to be correct well of i i gotta say that we i've need had those policies i've had the good fortune to uh, write and and write about a couple of like really high-end cars i had a rolls royce ghost which i thought was pretty cool yeah, but i think it's a cool. better car to be driven in than to drive right yeah but the one that really tweaked my interest i've had mclaren i think I think Lamborghini only because of that sound. Yeah. When you hit that launch button, there's oh, that yeah. that sound that you know. So, do you have a preference? And and you're very right. Those cars all have a very unique sound. To me, it's the sound of a Maserati. Okay. So it, it has choice. a very special sound to it, and I can. I can pick that sound up without looking at the car, and I can tell you that's right. a Maserati. Now it's just very distinct, and of course. A Ferrari sound. I mean, all of them are beautiful, but yeah. for me, the Maserati especially stands out as, as, as a great. So for and people, that, interesting. They put a lot into. Them. Oh no, no the question. engineers put no a lot question. of time and effort to make that to sound. Make yeah. those yeah. sounds. Well, I was I was really looking forward to the McLaren. I mean, I thought the McLaren. I remember driving it on 200 Street in Langley. And I hate to admit this, but you know, you got to at some point, you got to straight stretch a road. You got to see what this thing can uh, possibly of you do. do. Of course. I literally felt like I was on a runway and was about to take flight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, I just went. Ah, it was okay, you know. But to me, the the Lamborghini was was the pièce de résistance. But again, sure. different tastes for different, taste. for different people. And, and it's all in what that car means to you right. in, in your growing up and where that car came into your life. That means a lot about that stuff yeah. too. Right? So uh, when 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 West Coast had its grand opening, I I attended. It was like going. It was like going to a nightclub. They had a oh, yeah. DJ there. Oh, they yeah. had. It was unbelievable. Yeah, and was all fun. these people are walking around looking at these 400 cars. About four hundred people. It was. It was incredible. Yeah. The mayor was there, and yeah. it was uh, something else. Well, I'll tell you yeah. what. West Coast Dream Machines has come on board as our title sponsors. We could not be more appreciative. And we're going to have you, Rob, or Jason, or whomever from West Coast, to come on each show, and we're going to feature some of the killer cars on your on your website. Great. And again, I recommend you go to the website wcdreammachines.com. And uh, be warned, folks, you're going to see something. You go, oh, i got to have that. Gotta and remember, have that. we can finance it. I, I know <laughs> you can. Go. Yes, you go. Can. go see Rob. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Thank you so right. much. Thank, Thank you, guys. Rob. My Cheers. pleasure. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you. Great stuff. Put this in your map app. 1519 Clyde Avenue. Got it? Now, prepare to be amazed. West Coast Dream Machine Showroom, specializing in exotic, classic muscle cars and supercars. Feel yourself in the driver's seat of your dream machine. Maybe a late model or vintage classic Ferrari, Lamborghini, or Maserati. Lease and financing options can make it happen. Start dreaming at WCDreamMachines.com. And remember, that red pin of luxury lands at 1519 Clyde Avenue West Van. 778-606. Fast. Our cars are faster.
You're listening to The Chat Room at Tyrant Studios downtown, and this is Sportsnet 650 AM, 96.9 FM HD3. The Chat Room is presented by West Coast Dream Machines on Clyde Avenue in West Vancouver. West Coast Dream Machines is Vancouver's supercar dealership, offering pre-owned luxury muscle, classic, and rare and exotic vehicles with in-house leasing available. It's a carefully curated collection of premium rides, exotic cars, luxury vehicles, resto mods, and modified muscle. Muscle cars, all shipped worldwide. They carry the finest lines like Ferrari, Maserati, Lamborghini, and McLaren. Check out their extensive collection at wcdreammachines.com. Now, back to the chat room. And again, your hosts, Joe Leary, Danny Filipponi, and Aaron Chapman. As the announcer said, we are back in the chat room at Tyrant Studios above the penthouse on Seymour in downtown Vancouver, broadcasting on Sportsnet 6.50 a.m., Presented by West Coast Dream Machines, the exotic car dealership on Clyde Avenue in West Vancouver. As they say, our cars are faster. Did Rob suggest we'd all get a West Coast Dream Machine? Did I hear him? I, 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 there was loose talk of that there in was, the break, yeah. wasn't there? Yeah. I thought we were going to get two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's Joe Larry along with Danny Filippone, the operator of the penthouse, Aaron Chapman, the Vancouver historian. And uh, because we're in a legendary historic venue such as the penthouse, we brought in a legendary historic venue Absolutely. operator. Oh, yeah. Gary Taylor. Gary Taylor. The, one the man himself. Gary Taylor, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Now, I just so happen to have in my retinue of things that I've collected over the years my VIP pass to Gary Taylor's rock room. So back in the day, you issued this to me, and he's looking at it going, where'd you get that from? And I'm going, you gave that to me. But again, I'm guessing some of the memories have faded from, from the day. You were the guy back in the day. Uh, yeah, I, I, uh, be, I understood, uh, I guess, what Vancouver needed, I thought, anyways, mm-hmm. because I always was kind of a knee-jerk reaction guy. But being a musician and uh, being a lover of people... Uh, I wanted to entertain, and of course, Gary Taylor's Rock Room was probably my fifth club, yeah. and uh, and that featured uh, live music upstairs, right? That was Gary Taylor's Rock Room, and I think downstairs we had showgirls. Showgirls, yeah. yeah. So that, that's how I met you, Gary. Uh, you know, growing up in this crazy industry, I remember uh, as I was a kid, my dad would walk me into your place. I think I was probably too young to even get in. (laughs) However, uh, but anyway, it's great. Welcome to uh, Tyrant Studios. No, good good to be here and talking about Gary Taylor's Rock Room and your father and, of course, Joe and and, and you. I think I met you when you were 10 years old, probably, when uh, I was... uh, Open up lunches in the penthouse in the main room down here. Fun lunches. Amazing. Fun lunches. Yeah. It was always fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'm curious, and, and I know, Aaron, you've done stuff on the history of Vancouver's well, nightlife. I, I, the very history, Gary, is in one of my books, uh, Vancouver After Dark, and right. it's amazing that, uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of people who are in the music muses for a few years, you know, some after some highs and lows, they maybe bow out. You've been involved since the 1960s and up until right now, present day. Right now, I'm still involved big time. In yeah, it. amazing. Not, not in the club business, but no, in the but music in management. Some other things you management, so. Canadian Music Week. Yeah. yeah. So if I'm just curious because I'm wondering what the liquor laws were like back in the day. Was it a healthy environment to operate licensed premises in the? In the early days of the nightclub scene in Vancouver, or was it a pain? Oh, it was always a pain. The first club we built, I built with uh, my partners were Bill Bradley, Neil Bowman, and uh, Kenner Chisholm. Uh, Some football players uh, there. Uh, yeah. The football player, uh, yeah. which is just down the street, 1275 Seymour, which yeah. uh, 
ended up evolving into the love of her. Of course. Exactly, yeah. yeah. This was the king of clubs in 1966 that you started. 66. And yeah. you could, we didn't have a license, so you'd have to bring your own. It was a BYOB. Illegal legal BYOB? Uh, I don't know if that was ever legal. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. A okay. <laughs> little late now. I mean, you yeah. couldn't see the BYOBs when they come yeah. in. When yeah. Sure. In the king, yeah. But I guess they were on but the But if table. somebody needed some ice or some soda for whatever they were drinking, you were able to provide it. And we charged for that. Yes, exactly. That's the only yeah, way you right. could make money. I think those were, ice. those were called sets back then. Yeah. Right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, in fact, when, when we talk about um, BYOB and the Pentose, yeah. you know, on, on one of our tours that we have, we actually have one of the – I think there's only two of them still left in Vancouver that we know of. We have one of the uh, – the secret tables, Aaron. With the secret drawer where you secret would hide your bottles there and whatnot. Yeah, I guess that was a VIP. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and when, when asked about uh, when the police would come in, and, of course, the patrons would, would hide their bottle under it, <laughs> when when um, when uh, Uncle Joe was pressed about, what are these tables for? Oh, he just told the police those were for women's purses. <laughs> yeah. He just put them there. Yeah, innocent. Yeah, but, uh, uh, it was great. Exactly. So if I recall correctly, Hornby Street, was just club after club after club. It was yes. now, what is now Wasserman's Beat, I think, was. Wasserman's Beat, right. and it's the High Zone Core, right. and of course the cave across the street. Right. I think, uh, uh, what was the one? Uh, God, I never went to that many clubs on that street right. except mine. Yeah. But bottom line, that was a strip. That was the that strip was a back cool then. Strip. You, you go right. there now, and there's no hint of, uh, aside from the I don't the think Wasserman. there's any strip anywhere. But you also yeah. Yeah. Here. You yeah. also were very generous with your VIP accreditation, as as evidenced by my stack of stuff here. Yeah. But um, um, obviously that paid off for you. You wanted to have the media. You wanted to have famous people in your club. You must have some great stories of people that came through the doors of Gary Taylor's rock room. Are you allowed to tell I can't. I can't tell. No, no. There's just a, well. One of the great stories, thinking of Gary Taylor's rock room, was uh, Jane County. Oh wow! Uh, yeah. Uh, originally Wayne County. Yep. Yes. Yep. So, anyways, there's two stories actually. With Johnny Thunders was a story too. Bottom line with Jane County, Gary Taylor's rock room was the first gig that she did as she transferred into a girl. Because it was Wayne County, and then she was Jane County at Gary Taylor's Rock Room. So I'll never forget meeting her downstairs in the downstairs part of where the girls were. Sure. And she was there, like, it was kind of a weird situation. And uh, it was okay. I just met, boom, boom. Sure. So, anyways, now she gets on stage. Place is jammed. (laughs) Everything's going away. It's amazing punk from New York and Jane County. Oh, come on. This is incredible. This is 1977, so, 78, around then, I think. Yeah, around there. Yeah. 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 And, and, and uh, anyways, it goes on. And then some... Excuse me. I swear. I'm sorry. That's okay. okay. That's okay. 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 Sorry. Okay. We told you to watch the F-bomb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So, some person. Some person. Okay. So, some person so, bereft of a mother, apparently. Some yes. guy was a redneck from Chilliwack, I think. Right. Okay. There are a few out there. So... Uh, he jumped up on stage started attacking Jane County. Wow. So we, I jumped up on the stage with my friend Muffin from Seattle, who was, was an ally of mine, American-Canadian connections. And we got him off stage, moved through the thick crowd, moved him out the front door, and we cartwheeled the guy right out the stage. Back when you could and do I, that. The back and I said, this is punk rock. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's great. So that that was one, and then the other one was Johnny Thunders when uh, he got kicked off the plane, he got kicked off the train, he got kicked off the bus, and the whole nine yards. And I had to call the border in the old days, 
uh, you could actually talk to supervisors. Yeah. And I said, you realize that, like, this is a sold-out show, two days, I'm a Canadian citizen, all that kind of stuff. You've got to let him through. Anyways, I talked him into letting him through. So we went out there. But what happened was I changed the whole club because it was punk rock, Johnny Thunders. So what I did, I put tablecloths on all the tables, tulips on the table because it was spring, changed the position of the stage. So everybody that walked in, all the regulars, said, what? Oh, my God. That was two stories that I... That's great. Yeah. We, uh, I can't tell you about the back room story. No, no, no. Now, the no, amazing no, thing no, is no. You've, got the, you've got the rock room yeah. going where you've got rock and roll shows, and then upstairs you've got the dancing girls and stuff like that. Well, the downstairs at that pa- pa- time. Pardon me, other, other way around. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And there's a quote, a great quote about Gary Taylor. says, Gary Taylor is the one guy that could talk a nun into stripping. Is that true? I, could I, you, you, you were a fast talker. You're a fast talker now. I don't think talker. it was talking a nun into stripping. It was talking adventurous girls into taking their clothes off. Well, there might be some nuns like that, Gary. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. uh, we would be remiss if we did not relate you to another famous tailor in Vancouver. Yeah. Of course, Don Taylor. Oh, yes. I've had the good fortune to work with Don in radio and in television. Um, when people come up to you and they find out that you're Don Taylor's brother, do you go, no, 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 Don's my brother? Are you that guy? <laughs> well... No, I'm I'm the opposite. I'm Don Taylor's megaphone when I when okay. I when I go swimming and I'm, I'm in the world because I swim every day and and, and I, I'm in the sauna and the whirlpool. Say, so, uh, I just wonder, uh, do you know my brother? Yeah, <laughs> that's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, who's your well, who's your brother? I said Don Taylor. Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. no, like he's, it's he's... amazing the reaction I get. And he was recently inducted into the BC Sports Hall of Fame, and that's right. no, so. And well deserved. And you should be in the BC Entertainment Hall Absolutely. of Fame. Yeah, you should. You should. I, I should be. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think I should be. I think I'm. Yeah, I'm it's I'm, long, I'm, long overdue. And I am humble. Long overdue. <laughs> I, well, let's let's talk so, after the show. We'll so just to quickly put a put a wrap on this because we're running out of show time, unfortunately, Gary. But but. Nightclub scene has changed dramatically. There's probably still a handful of nightclubs in this town, but back sure. in those days, 70s, 80s, I mean, this, the the town was virtually every neighborhood had some kind of cool spot, whether it be New West or whether it be the downtown core. Um, do you have any regrets? Would you would you ever? I mean, there's never say never attitude. Um, is nightclub still a thing? Would you still ever get involved in a nightclub if the right opportunity came along? Uh. If I had a billion dollars yeah. and I couldn't let anybody in, and there was no BC government I to didn't control have it, no problem. Because yeah. I remember one time when I had been placed on Hornby, I had lunches upstairs, yeah. and the liquor board busted me and, and, and said, "Your tables are too low to serve food." On. Yeah, I mean, there's so many rules. Yeah, I mean, but that, uh, but you a lot know, of hurdles. But, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't. Nightclubs know. were. Uh, Back then, they were on on every street corner, oh, yeah. for sure. No, absolutely. Uh, Gary Taylor, a pleasure to have you on the show. We will have you back again because uh, you're such an important and vital part of Vancouver's night af- dark after dark history. That's Aaron it. Chapman That's can it. certainly attest to that. Oh, yeah. And, um, and yeah, you you know, Don is your brother. Don is, Don is, Don is your brother. And, and Bob is my brother also, yes. but Bob's your uncle. Bob's your <laughs> uncle. <laughs> okay. no, it's great to have you here, Gary. Gary Taylor, thank you so much. Gary. All right. Cheers. Right, that's it, Gary. My pleasure. West Coast Dream Machines, a carefully curated collection of luxury, muscle, classic, rare and exotic cars built from three decades of sourcing expertise. A different kind of supercar showroom. 1519 Clyde Avenue, West Vancouver. Look, salivate, order, lease, purchase, finance. Get behind the wheel of your dream Ferrari, Lamborghini, Maserati, Rolls, Mercedes, McLaren, Aston Martin Machine. West Coast 
Dream Machines. WCDreamMachines.com. 778-606-FAST. Our cars are faster. You're listening to The Chat Room at Tyrant Studios downtown, and this is Sportsnet 650 AM, 96.9 FM, HD3. The Chat Room is presented by West Coast Dream Machines on Clyde Avenue in West Vancouver. West Coast Dream Machines is Vancouver's supercar dealership, offering pre-owned luxury muscle, classic, and rare and exotic vehicles with in-house leasing available. It's a carefully curated collection of premium rides, exotic cars, luxury vehicles, resto mods, and modified muscle cars all shipped worldwide they carry the finest lines like ferrari maserati lamborghini and mclaren check out their extensive collection at wcdreammachines.com now back to the chat room and again your hosts joe leary danny filipponi and aaron chapman well folks that, that is a wrap this is show number two from the Tyrant Studios, the chat room at Tyrant Studios above the penthouse. High above the penthouse. High above the penthouse in yeah. downtown Vancouver. <laughs> Joel Leary along with Danny Filipponi, Aaron Chapman. Um, any guided tours coming up soon? In the Yeah, we uh, actually have uh, one of our Secrets of the Penthouse tours coming up on Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day, then and, March 13th. And another one well. on Mar- yeah. March 13th coming up. And, and just to give the lay of the land, you guys have a, it's a nice narrated tour. You actually have some police officers that actually raided this place back in the day. Yeah. You have a pasta dinner. Yeah, it's, I mean, nice the, the, the tours are usually about 50 or 60 people, right. and Aaron and I uh, take you through the penthouse. Outside, we take you in secret areas that uh, the public can't um, normally access. We, we won a uh, City of Vancouver Heritage, Heritage Awards a few years ago for the tour, which was so unexpected and incredible, and, and it's uh, it's really framed, I think, the penthouse in a way for people who didn't know, understand the history or know the history of the place in a totally different way, and they can yeah. appreciate that this was such an interesting uh, part of show business history in Vancouver. Typically, when you get a phone call from the mayor of Vancouver and you run a bar like this, it's not the phone call you're looking for. <laughs> but this but was, it was an award. This yeah, was yeah, a good yeah, one, right? Yeah, that was a good one. But no, it's a great, uh, lots of fun. Secrets of the Penthouse Tour. Secrets of the Penthouse Tour. And our thanks again to West Coast Dream Machines, our thanks to Terraman and Tequila, oh, Wild Eye Brewing, our beverage sponsors of the chat room. At Tyrant Studios. And uh, Greg Douglas, Dr. Sport. Yeah, he what was amazing. Oh, what yeah. amazing. We've we got to have him back. Yeah, yeah. So He could good. go yeah. on. Uh, guy's got, he's got more stories. Well, yeah. I love the fact that there's still people who have to expire before he can tell their, yeah. their stories. So yeah, just, no, you great, can only well, imagine great to have the stories he's got. Coming up on our next show, we'll be joined by comedian Jeremy Hotz. Yeah, he one, is of, among one our of Canada's guests. best. Yes. Great. That is a wrap. Thank you to Danny. Thank you to Aaron. Thank you to producer Eddie Gregory. That is a wrap from the chat room at Tyrant there Studios. If you've been listening to the chat room at Tyrant Studios in downtown Vancouver on Sportsnet 650 AM, 96.9 FM, HD3. The chat room is presented by West Coast Dream Machines on Clyde Avenue in West Vancouver. It's Vancouver's supercar dealership, offering pre-owned luxury muscle, classic, and rare and exotic vehicles with in-house leasing available. West Coast Dream Machines ship worldwide and only the finest lines of automobiles like Ferrari, Maserati, Lamborghini, and McLaren. Check out their extensive collection at wcdreammachines.com follow the chat room on instagram the chat room tyrant studios the chat room is produced by eddie gregory 